G'day and welcome back to the Winger Podcast, an All-Australian episode special. We love talking about the AA team every year. This year, we've got a real issue with the 40-man squad. So that made the 22-man squad slightly like unsurprising. Yeah. Just because the 40-man squad was such a just a cock-up to begin with. We just, I think we were sort of accustomed to expecting the unexpected after they released that shocking squad. So That was terrible. We'll get into it a bit later about the ones we cannot stand from that, uh, the, well, for the 40-man and the 22. But straight off the bat, let's talk about what we liked with this squad. And there's one name we both wrote down pretty well straight away, and that was Tom Stewart. Yep. Missed a chunk of football in the middle of the year with his suspension, obviously, but... Too good of a player to not have made it, and I'm very, very happy he did. Yeah, to be honest, I was starting to think that he wouldn't make it after the selectors were doing whatever they were doing. Uh, But he managed to sneak in the back pocket after missing those four games with uh, the suspension from the Dion Prestia hit. And then obviously he he missed a game earlier in the year with concussion as well. But I I think they've done a pretty good job with selecting him in the team and sort of look past um, some of his... Like shortcomings this year. So. 100%. Now, there wasn't a whole lot else we liked in this team, but one I liked just because we've given him a chance, and Richmond had to have a player in there, I think, and that was Shane Bolton. I mean, he might be the most damaging player in the AFL on his day. I don't I don't know of any other players in the whole entire league that can have back-to-back weeks pretty well having seven-plus shots on goal. Yeah. Like, he had five goals, four, and then the next week it was like four goals, five, or something stupid like that. Just pings on goal is unbelievable. He's an electric individual. Uh, he's a real game winner, and I feel like... The AFL sort of really lacks that, lacks that at the moment. Uh, we we went through a phase of having those game winners constantly with people like Dustin Martin, Patrick Dangerfield, but at the moment we're in a little bit of a lull. And uh, Shea Bolton, amongst other names in the in the team like Jeremy Cameron, are really those game winners who can really grab the uh, the game by the horns. So another thing that I liked was Mark Blitzarves yeah. having him in there. I was a big fan of that. Obviously, it's very hard to define him with one position. Uh, so interchange works perfect. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, he's the perfect man to put on the interchange. Um, he plays on the wing, in the ruck, forward, back, tagger, uh, literally plays everywhere. And he's just a really rare commodity in today's game. So I was like that he sort of got his due diligence and, and was able to get in there. Now, I'm not sure if we like it as such, but I like the idea and the concept of it. The amount of first-time All-Australian players that made it this year. They didn't just give it to the old boys constantly in this one. Mm. Sinclair, Taylor, Saad, Mills, Bolton, Stengel, Heaney, Rosie, Brayshaw, Blitzars. The list goes on. It's probably yep. what, probably the most in a while, I want to say. I don't have any evidence to back that up, but I would assume so. Yeah. Whole benches, players everywhere. Kerno's another one. So uh, they spread the love around this year, which I do love. Pretty rare to see that, but you love to see it. 100%. Now, what we didn't like. I can't believe we actually spent however long that was. Let's call it four minutes, what we said and what we liked. Because we had one dot point there and we stretched it out. What we didn't like... Would you like to start with the guy from Sydney? I do not understand. I I spoke to Wayne Wardale, one of the biggest Sydney fans I know, and even he is confused that either of these Sydney players were selected. He was convinced that Sydney would get top four and have no players on the All-Australian list. So you look at Callum Mills, who had a great five or six game stretch in the season, got up to the most expensive player in the fantasy, uh, and then just really tailed off and was shocking... Didn't play midfield for a lot of the second half of the season. He was really bad. He was awful. They were putting him behind the ball. They were playing him fullback, play him off the halfback flank, just to try and get him around the ball. And he was really struggling. So that was really disappointing to see him in there, especially over someone like Andrew Brayshaw. Yep. Andrew Brayshaw goes out and wins the MVP of the league and then isn't even in the starting team. No, it makes no sense, does it? doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I think that's one of the worst decisions ever in all Australian history. Um, Isaac Heaney making it 
I sort of understand throwing him in there. Electric first five, six weeks. Yeah, was unreal. Probably leading the brown after the first three or four weeks if Paddy Cripps isn't. But tailed um, off. Yeah, it just hasn't been himself um, sort of second half of the season either. Tailed off in a massive way. But I guess when you're top four, you have to have a couple of names in there. And that's really what I think the thought process behind that. Completely agree. I think that leads on perfectly to our next player. I think they get they feel pressure, the selectors. If you are finishing the top six or especially top four, you better put the player in. Braden Maynard is another example of that. Nothing against his year. No. Played his role. Did well enough in a top four side. It checks the boxes. Yep. But I do not think he was the best player at that to be a starting halfback flank or a starting back pocket in this team. No chance. I, I love Braden Maynard. And we love the Pies, as yeah. you guys know. Big fan so, of the Pies. But Braden Maynard making it. The walk-up start in All-Australian team, that is just... It doesn't check out. doesn't make any sense. Considering, in my opinion... He's the fourth best in his own back six. Yeah, he probably is, yeah. I think Nathan Murphy, one of the leaders in intercept marks and intercept possessions in the league. Darcy Moore, obviously a great lockdown. And a star. A great attacking halfback as well when he, when he wants to be. And then you've got Nick Dacos, who... How on earth did Nick we'll Dacos not that. make this? We'll get onto that later, but I am baffled by that. Yeah, it's completely. Absolutely baffled. Um, and yeah, so I feel like Braden Maynard, probably the fourth best defender in his team. Yep. Um, and he's a great player, great lockdown. That medium-sized defender can go with bigs or smalls. Um, he was he was quite good this year, but uh, once again, I feel like that's just another sort of symptom of trying to put a player in from the top four team. Forcing it, forcing it. Yeah. And uh, the one more thing we didn't like from this team was just the entire heart. The whole. I'll say the entire defense pretty well. Yeah. Apart from two <clears> players, <throat> Stewart and May, which I think were very well deserved. The other four. Not happy with Maynard we just spoke on. The other three didn't even make finals. Not one of them. Shocking. Saad, Taylor, and Sinclair. So you're telling me that Bailey Dale wasn't better than Saad or Sinclair? Or Doherty wasn't better than Saad or Sinclair? Or Sicily wasn't better than Sam Taylor? Shocking. Don't know. Don't get it. With a Hawks team that vastly overperformed this year, I think Sicily was a big part of that, and he should definitely have been in there. <sighs> was he ever? For, I, I love Sam Taylor, and I, I thought he should have been in the squad to be honest. Uh, probably not the team, but maybe the squad. Yeah, agreed. Um, but when you're on a bottom four team, one of the worst teams in the competition, one of the most underperforming back lines in the competition this year, they gave up something like 120 points to the Bulldogs you can't uh, be in both that. games that they played them. So I don't understand how yeah. on earth he's made it, or that entire halfback line, as you said before. And I'm just angry about this this team, to be honest. The the sort of gist of our podcast is normally more up and about, more happy. Yeah. But this is I shit. just can't be happy. This sucks. With this All-Australian team. No. But I've got a bit of a conspiracy that I'll end off this episode with. So we'll get on to the rest of it. All right. Now, first. we're talking about hate. So let's talk about exactly what we hated. The biggest snubs of this draw, of this uh, All-Australian team. Number one, we had him down as a lock. I actually listened back to our AA preview episode. And there was two players that we made jokes about being absolute locks. Yep. They were Bailey Dale and Sam Doherty. And neither made the 40. Didn't even make the 40. That's That stumped me still. I don't get that. I can't. And you can't argue, like we were talking about before, how they're putting players in because they're on top four sides, right? Yeah. So you'd be like, all right, maybe it's because of the lack of team success that Bailey Dale and Sam Doherty had with their teams. Yep. But then you look at the, as we said before, the entire halfback line, none of them made the finals. All finished below them. So I do not understand how Bailey Dale, who was one of the most improved players this season... Was just dominant. Probably the best kickoff halfback uh, this season as well. Sam Doherty, who was an absolute leader for his team, probably the best comeback story ever, couldn't make All-Australian off that halfback. 
I, and we talk about Jack Sinclair being an amazing year. I guarantee you, you put Sinclair and Doherty's stats side by side, they're probably mirrored, if not in Doherty's favour. Well, Doherty for a halfback was ranked elite this exactly. year. And somehow still didn't make it. And finished above Sinclair on, in the... If we want to get the ladder involved, he still finished higher. And you can't get the ladder involved because Adam Saad made it on exactly the same team. Exactly. So, so. And that just makes no sense. That was that felt forced, that Saad position. I yep. don't know why. It infuriates me. Um, what... Gee, a lot of halfback flanks. So we said it would be the issue was halfback flanks, and they yep. are still the issue. Another one that got missed out that we can't understand is Whisper. Nick Dacos, he was a lot for me. Yeah. He was that good. Far and away the rookie of the year, uh, Rising Star, sorry. Won it by Flemington Straight. He was not only the best rookie, he was the, probably the best player on his team. Yeah, he probably was. And he'll probably poll the best in the Brownlow out of anyone on his team. Had great impact on the game. Averaged 26 touches for the uh, for the competition i think that's ranked 30th that's nuts so the fact that he wasn't even in the top 40 players in the competition just baffles me and i'll never understand that it can't be anything to do with him being a first year player that can't because that shouldn't come into it whatsoever no even like for our argument to the opposite nick dacos shouldn't make it because he's a first time player a first year player but he shouldn't not make it because he's a first year player exactly right just infuriates me i could not understand that one even to not have him on in the squad Makes yeah, that, no that sense. That was rude. And another player who, who didn't end up making it, he was in the squad, that's Angus Brayshaw. He's been one of the best halfbacks this year. He's been unbelievable on the defensive side as well, taking um, top two in marks. Oh, for he's the marking year. everything. Um, number number two, only two, James Sicily. Yes. So, well, good. Well, well done. Good segue. James Sicily as well. How on earth does James Sisley not make it? Just what was a, he ranked number one in Ken? Uh, as a key defender. So not except as a key defender, he was number one rated, number one in disposals, number one on contested possessions, meters gain, marks, and number two in intercept possessions. So pretty much every stat that matters for a uh, defender, he was number one or number two in. Ridiculous. And he didn't even make the squad over Sam Taylor. He averaged double the amount of touches as Sam Taylor did. And that's not even his role. It's Unbelievable. You think that last game sense. of the year where he had 35 touches and was just so dominant, it's actually quite ridiculous he didn't make it. If you told me at the start of the year that James Sicily was number one in all of those stats and Hawthorne finished around the mark with Port Adelaide yep. and above GWS and didn't make the All-Australian, I wouldn't even believe you. No, but it, does, it doesn't make sense. Absolutely shocking. Oh, that's as bad as it gets, but... That's it. That's enough of our uh, slamming of the All-Australian team. That's it, for this, that's it for this episode, actually. We are going to wrap this up now. We're going to be back with another episode in a minute where we're going to go through our finals preview for this season. We're going to come through with our brackets, who's going to be our biggest disappointment, who's a dark horse team, and who's going to win the flag. We're going to give it all to you in the next episode. So tune in soon, and we'll uh, see you then. A bit more positivity next episode. Remember missing on the days I ain't know what was ahead What I gotta do to make sure the family fed